0: The following is a production of Galactic Netcasts. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Who Knew and Reviews. I say another episode, I mean the end of series episode. Now, when we started, can you remember the opening episode? The madcap ambitious theatre pieces sending in motion the confession dial... Who knew that, all the way back then, the episode could be topped? Well, the show finished as high as that first episode achieved. A dizzying, bold, bewildering, rich and enchanting affair. I'm sure you'll agree. The latest finale from head writer Stephen Moffat feeds heavily on Doctor Who's rich history, but it also draws inspiration from other, more, well, unexpected sources the end result is mixed but ultimately well this is an episode and a series that whilst it doesn't quite tick every fan pleasing box and don't get me wrong because I really love the episode um, it was a pleasing end on an amazing series but it's unfair that I've suggested in my tone I suppose that (sighs) parts of it fell flat, but that's simply because I'm thinking of the wider Hoovian and viewer, and not just my selfish self. Now, I think the climactic ending um, in places just needed tiny little bits of tweaking. I know this series isn't written for the fans, it's written for everyone, but I... I do think, with the high calibre of writing for this series, uh, that we have indeed finished on a high. Let me explain, if I can, if at all possible. The cliffhanger last week was the Doctor implied to be the hybrid. Heading back to Gallifrey to wreak some form of havoc. We didn't know who put him in the confession dial. Had a good guess that it might have been the Time Lords. And the scene was set for an hour-long Gallifrey-based mayhem. But we didn't quite get it. The series itself, the episode itself, started in Jackson, Nevada. Jackson, Nevada? What? It was a little bit weird. And it, it sort of... What is going on? But... It soon changed to some nice more some more reasonable opening scenes closely resembling a western in space. As returning home to the planet he once thought lost, the Doctor engages in a standoff with the Time Lords. Probably some of the best. Some of the best scenes without much in the way of dialogue. Now the whole standoff was led by the ruthless, regenerated Rassilon. Or, to do this in the uh, seventh Doctor's voice, RUDELY REGENERATED Rassilon. He liked to roll his R's. Indeed, early on in Hellbent, it's sort of an operatic science fiction, posturing in ridiculous costumes. The only thing that was missing was the actual opera singing itself. But cutting a swathe through the silliness is the swaggering hero, which is Capaldi's Doctor. The Space Clint Eastwood, who, for the first 11 minutes, if you actually watch it again, he doesn't really speak. But when you've got those eyebrows and you can just have a look or a gesture, you don't really need to. So we're back at the barn. Now, this barn... Is it the same one from the time war because it looks in a bit slightly bit better state who are those people are they are they friends of his are they family i little bits like that and that's i just like come on just give us more i want to know who they are i liked the exasperated look on the woman's face as she was increasingly speechless you know first of all it's knock knock who's there oh it's the uh, it's the military who, who's there now? It's the council. It's the president. It was an absolute splendid scene. Played semi-straight. Um, just little, little bits of it. Uh, little bits of it where laugh out loud funny. What's he doing now? I believe he's eating soup. Who knew you could eat soup so menacingly? But that's, I suppose, what I mean when you say he's, he's, the, he's the Space Clint Eastwood. Now the Doctor's a war hero who does indeed command respect. What's his plan? Go on, wrestle on you crazy old bird. Get a little bit angry when someone says he's finishing soup. And boy, does he get angry when he confronts the Doctor, threatening to kill him several times. But what happens? That's right, the Doctor assumes the presidency of the Time Lords, presumably by force. It's not the first time. And I like the fact that he did this without having to speak. Now get off my planet, he barks at Rasson. Sort of an intergalactic Harrison Ford from Air Force One. Um. Absolutely beautiful scenes. Now, Rassilon's a bit of a megalomaniac. So, have we seen the last of him? Yeah, I don't think we're going to see much of the Time Lords next series. But this series after that... I think we're, uh, we're due a big proper showdown. Now, the Doctor's first act as president will be to stop the hybrid... An abomination crossbred from two warrior races that will stand on the ruins of the Time Lord's planet Gallifrey and unravel the web of town. Or succinctly as the Doctor puts it, the hybrid is Wellard. Now this is where Hellbrent dramatically shifts gears again, allowing some welcome sentimentality to creep in. It explores how this Doctor companion dynamic is. It's it's not a traditional love story, but there's certainly some sort of element of grand, tragic romance. It's Romeo and Juliet in space that unfolds over 4.5 billion years. Now, 4.5 billion years is that... I mean, we know the Doctor travelled in time when he got stepped out of the confession dial, that bit's clear. The time he spent in the confession dial... Was that real time, or was that confession dial time? We are dealing with, of course, Time Lords, so it's hard to know. And did he spend that time in there? Because as far as I can tell, he spent two days in there. Sure, billions of years may have passed inside the dial, but the only ever saw the Doctor after two days, and then he'd reset it, teleport back, and start again. Now, being a tragic romance, as I've said, there's always a bad breakup on the way because the Doctor, well, cannot save Clara and for a couple of good reasons. First, Moffat goes to great lengths to stress they're not good for each other and he brings out the recklessness in her and the same foolhardishness that got her killed and, well, she brings out the same in him problem lies in what happens next and it's here that the episode has been both exhilarating and emotional, albeit a little bit of a scattershot ride. And it, it loses its footing a bit because the second reason why the Doctor cannot save Clara is, well, she's not really alive. She's plucked from the time moments before she faced the raisin. Between, between heartbeats, her death is a fixed point. Everyone saw it happen. So, why would the Doctor call for a device? Is it to stabilise her? Is it to make him better? What does it do? Does it turn her into a robot? A robot! Why not download her consciousness into a robot? Now, the one thing I did like, and I don't mind the modern references, because... To the Time Lords, it'd make no sense, but to me, they make me grin. And that is, on pain of death, no one take a selfie. I think that's wise words from the Doctor there. Now, I was angry. Angry at the Doctor to deliberately put someone in such physical pain. Although we did get a nice... Uh, a nice scene where we saw the uh, Time Lords sex-changing it's intriguing and upsetting and absolutely fan-pleasing we went from a uh, an oldish white male to a rather attractive uh, black female absolutely fantastic Uh, It ticked loads of boxes. I think the only thing would have been if they could have made that Time Lord gay, then bang, 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 bang. Uh, I think Moffat could have just closed the book and walked away there. But I do not believe the Doctor would deliberately put someone through such physical pain. Sure, he asked, how many regenerations you got left? But that's icy and uncomfortable and it's the most undoctory We've, we've seen him in a long time. Um, the scene didn't just didn't sit well with me although it did lead nicely to the cloisters and what a scary scene what a scary place I didn't know the monsters lurked down there but basically it makes sense it is the database, it's the font of knowledge it's the it's the repository it's basically a computer made of ghosts with ghosts guarding it how fantastic is that I would very much like to see more Time Lord locations. We've seen a few as the as the series have progressed, but I'd like to see more. And I, I do think we're going to. Not straight away, but we're going to, because the Time Lords are not going to be happy campers because of what happened next. And that is the theft of yet another Time Capsule. How careless can you be with your TARDIS? Why is the security so poor? You would think, especially as these, these people are well, masters of time, that they'd see it coming. But uh, I thought it was excellent, and I know I'm not the only person to have a massive wide grin on my face when you saw the original lines of the console rooms full of round things and a proper time rotor. It was a fan-pleasing scene, and it made me... me, It just made me so happy... I'd very much like that console room, featured on a permanent basis. Sterile, clean lines that looked a little bit spacey. Don't get me wrong, I like the current console room. I just really like the time rotor. The uppy-downy bit. Eventually, enter a Shielder or me... Now, she's waited until the end of time, waiting, knowing that she will eventually meet the Doctor, watching the universe grow dark, watching the last remnants of humanity turn into the toclophane and be transported back into the past by the Master. And presuming she watched that. I mean, that's what happened, yeah, you know? Okay. Well, I made that last bit up, because probably she didn't watch the toclophane. But the question is, where is the Master? Oh, well, like most, I was hoping for a show-and-tell moment, but I guess Missy is busy. I mean, she did... wasn't a bit of a pickle. Now... Speaking of Missy, are we to actually believe that this was her plan all along, to pair the Doctor with someone so similar that it would go to extreme, crazy lengths for them? Are we to believe that the Doctor and Clara together is the hybrid? Is a shield of the hybrid? Or... Is it the Tenth Doctor, the human metacrisis version? Is it the Doctor Donna, suppressed Time Lord memory version? Is it River Song with her Time Lord DNA and a little bit of and the human? Maybe it's Bad Wolf Rose, part. Time vortex power human, maybe it's Captain Jack, the fixed point in time. Maybe, maybe it's Dalek Sec, I am a Dalek human hybrid. Or is it Dr. Eleven, the ganger version? Or maybe it's the Zygon human Osgood. Or even the Doctor's motorbike, the most excellent anti grav and petrol, Triumph Scrambler. I think I've missed out Cybermen as well. You see, when we're dealing with hybrids, it all gets a little bit confusing. So I'm not 100% happy with how it played out, but at the same time, I'm not 100% unhappy. About 60/40. I'll let you choose the direction. So apparently it's Clara that realizes that this cannot continue that they're just going to end up burning each other in a even though she got the Doctor with a really corny reference by reversing the polarity. I shook my head at that. The way it ended inside the diner and the realisation of what the diner was made me chuckle and I didn't didn't mind it one bit. I like the fact that um, as they were uh, as they dropped the Doctor off I should have said that the chameleon circuit was stuck. Uh, I genuinely laughed out loud. I love the idea of a time-travelling American diner. It is true to say that Clara eventually will have to return to her scene of the most unpleasant and violent death. That is the only way that the universe can continue but until then, I think it's quite okay for them to have a rip-roaring adventure through time and space with a Shilder. And I does sort of raise the big question... You know, if she is going to keep running and living this half-life between heartbeats... Well, she could have just stayed in the TARDIS. You know, down in one of the bottom rooms, reading or something. Some people haven't liked how Clara has become more like the Doctor and um, while well, she's more, more like the Doctor now she's Nick the Tardis from Gallifrey and running away from the Time Lords herself doesn't sound familiar now it's not an overstatement to suggest that cutting the uh, the final scene between Clara and shoulder would have probably improved Hellbent we didn't need that but for an episode like this Wrapping up not just the the series but Clara's journey, it would have been very difficult to nail absolutely everything. I, despite all my misgivings of the of the episode, would still give it a solid four and a half tardises. Speaking of how much I give it, come and see me next week when I will be doing the top ten episodes of the series and I will also be doing a small news review of the Christmas episode that's to come up which stars River Song but until next week that's all for now goodbye this galactic netbite has been brought to you by imperialsteam.com you have been listening to a production of galactic netcasts for more about the show you just listened to including how to subscribe and give us feedback plus additional podcasts from the galactic network daily news features videos links to our social networks and more go to gncasts.com that's gncasts.com